Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan. With 30% more power and 27% more punch, it may just need a drug test. Okay, we're back, but that would appear evident, wouldn't it? Ian Collins wants a word. Stick a couple of chicken wings on. We're ready to go, son. And it's a chilly Guy Fawkes welcome as we light the touch paper for episode 36. All necessary preparations have been made. Catherine wheels at the ready, sparklers by the bag load, and a bonfire the size of a mountain. We've even made a huge guy in the image of a wizened, festering, bubonic plague victim, which frankly... Sorry, I've just been I've just been told it's Harriet Harman. All right, it's an easy mistake to make. It's even got two faces. And on the programme, this. A bit worrying these messages that we give to our kids, aren't they? A box of bangers worth of this. I want to live in a sausage house with a driving a sausage car that runs on pork fat and <laughs> wear a suit fashioned entirely from sausages. Hey, see, that's Al Murray, the pub landlord. He's going to tell us about sausages. And we'll be made to look more stupid than David Cameron at an I Hate Further European Integration and All It Stands For convention if we didn't dish out some of this. Making a lobster kettle. <laughs> You see, that's how flipping rammed this gig is. This is Sideshow Kev. Now, do we want to explain what happened last week, or shall we just move on? Well, it was a back injury, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But it wasn't mine. And it was very much last minute. It uh, was Very, yes. Yeah, it to was... To the point of being on the train. Yes, and I was like, uh, I got a text saying, um, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> and I think that's all you need to know, really. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That is all you need to know. But we're back now. This one nearly didn't happen. For reasons I'll come to in Random Acts of Irrational Annoyance. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I bet you can't. Have you got some questions, Kev? A bit of kit. It's questions and oh, feedback. Just before you do, I've got a question for you. Oh, have you? Yeah, this comes from Lincoln in Lincoln, which I'm not absolutely sure is true. Right. He says, Ian, can you ask Kev if he once used to be part of the popular brotherly singing duo, The Proclaimers? I've never seen Kev, but his voice sounds like them. It's fair to say that any slightly fey Scottish voice, silhouette dancing, buying a knife in millet, or proclaimer singing or anything else, it's almost certainly old sideshow here. Although, talking of proclaimers, look at your get-up tonight. What's that about? What, the old goggles? Oh, look, the quiff, the goggles. Nothing to add. <laughs> From Tony. Tony says, am I your oldest podcast listener? I'm 67, retired, two grandkids, but still like a laugh. 67. 67. Not especially old. It's not that I, old, no. I can't imagine many octogenarians listening to this podcast. I don't know. But it's fair to say that, you know, we must have people who are in advancing years who enjoy the podcast because yep. you were on the radio for half a century. <laughs> yes, of course I was. Uh, and uh, there must, I'm sure there are some, like, maybe students. Do you think students listen to this nonsense? 25 to 45, is my guess. Well, tweet us. What are you again? Oh, at Ian Collins UK <laughs> or at Sideshow underscore Kev or email us. You'll hear the email addresses later on. Usual places. Just interested to find out our oldest and youngest listener. It sounds a little bit independent local radio-y, but as there is no... But we are. You wait till I do the blood donor sessions in (laughs) 20 minutes. Uh, From Nick. Nick says, I read a thing recently that magazines left in dentists' and doctors' waiting rooms can spread germs due to their age and the amount of people leafing through them. I recently spotted a People's Friend magazine from 1990. Can any of your listeners beat this? We are local radio. <laughs> Fantastic. I have thought about that before, though, because a, a bogey-based My Weekly is something you really don't want to be flicking through just prior to some kind of medical uh, scenario. And, of course, th- 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 those places really do... They have Reader's Digest. Yeah. 
and they have a load of old tatty magazines. Will there be a point when they just have iPads like tished out around the table? With stains on. I bet there will be. It was always National Geographic yeah. for my doctors. You can find a socialism today, you win a prize. <laughs> From Sean via the medium of Twitter. Uh, she says, Brill Podcast. you going to say, Sean via a medium. Brill Podcast, question. Does Ian still shave his balls? Must have hairy toes by now, if not. Everybody should shave their balls. Should they? Of course they should. Isn't it tricky? Yes, it can be tricky. Uh, I'm only talking about the sackage. I'm not talking about the appendage. Now, there's two bits of advice you've got to adhere to here. Some people, when they first get in to the what's known as the PS, the pendulous shave, when they get into that, decide that the electric razor is the way to go. It isn't. Imagine what a wood shaving looks like when it's being bored out of a piece of wood by a drill. That's kind of that's the sort of area oh, you're likely to go down if you start going electric razor. So you've got to go big, Gillette. You know, right. usual usual uh, candidates on that one. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's just a technique. Once you get into it, it's fine. Don't show me. Mork from Ork. Yep. Uh, regarding Battle of the Planets, which we spoke about on the last podcast, we did. did you realise Casey Kasem was one of the voices? No, I didn't know that. Well, he did a lot of cards. I mean, we know Scooby-Doo. Shaggy, yeah. Uh, but he also was apparently, um, he was in Battle of the Planets. Which is he still knocking around? He does like a, a syndicated hits from decades yore or something like that. But you think a, a couple of stations here? You know, no, I think they did. He first sort of pitched up on, on TV over here when ITV started doing overnights. Um, That's through, right, Through yeah. the night programs. And it was America's top ten, wasn't it? It uh, was. Hi, I'm Casey Kasem. And he had a, always had a, 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 a kind of Christmas jumper on and a funny hand gesture. And I just thought he was a twit. <laughs> I didn't realise at that point he was, he was Shaggy. He was the voice of Shaggy and one of the most successful radio bods in the land. But he stopped doing it. For a long time, it was America's Top Ten with Casey Kasem with Steve McMungus or whatever it was. Right. And it was like he didn't even bother to present it. I think he popped up for two minutes in the middle just to do like a, a little chart rundown and then he pissed off So again. it was his name? Yeah. It was still his name, but it was like America's Top Ten with Casey Kasem. Did he own the format to America's I think he Top must 10. have done, or it must have been something contractual. He's not presenting it. But yeah, but he was in Battle of the Planets, so that's extraordinary. Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a f***ing up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. This a god last goddamn time, I want somebody who uses f***ing brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a f***ing dog dying. Seven Zark Seven was voiced by... The- what the f*** is <laughs> Seven Zark Seven? <laughs> You bring me this feast of sci-fi nonsense, like I'm supposed to know it's, what it is. Look, it's retro. I've heard of Doctor Who, I've heard of Blake Seven. That's it. Look, and that fellow with the beard who made the Star Wars film. Don't knock the retro nonsense. Danny Baker made an entire career off the back of this. Until recently. However, Seven Zark Seven was voiced by the guy who was the human sidekick of Mr. Ed the talking horse that was actually a painted zebra. Thank you very much, Britain. That's not true. Of course it's not true, but it's a nice thing to say. It was a unicorn, wasn't it? With its horn shaved off. Hello. Uh, Louise. Louise says, What's the latest on the Christmas special, lads? You seem to have gone quiet on this. Are you cancelling Christmas? Yes, we're cancelling We're that powerful, we've actually cancelled Christmas. Yeah. Take down your decorations, selfridges and boots. And bugger off. Bring the Easter eggs out. Yeah, Woolworths, take down those decorations. Comet, take down those decorations. <laughs> hey! I haven't bought the trees. I remember going into Comet once. Uh, was it Comet or was it... Yeah, no, it was Comet. 
and uh, they had a Sinclair C5 out for purchase. You could Is buy that a Sinclair right? C5. It was, it was on a shelf. Do you think the uh, closure of, of Comet, which of course is bad news, you know, high street wise and job wise, do you think, and this is such an extreme thing to think, there could be a correlation between the closure of Comet and the people that worked in that store. <laughs> I never experienced any service more unhelpful than that crock of shit <laughs> that used to pop up from behind a flat screen and go, can I help you please? And they would pounce on you a little bit lively, but then weren't particularly knowledgeable about the product. They had a tiny bit of knowledge of each product, and that's probably the same in most places. And when I went to try and buy a screen recently, uh, one in there, this fella came out, well, no, another bloke came out, they said, oh, you need to see our television expert. So Matey comes out, the television expert. We threw two questions at this man. He had no idea what we were talking about. We yeah. asked for a demonstration. He said, oh, I can't demo this. Right. You want to sell me it, but you can't show me what it does. Yeah. No. He said, and I quote from the television expert in Comet, we don't get Wi-Fi in here. Yeah. Brilliant. It's genius. It's an electrical it? shop. No wonder you're closed. It's, it's not really a surprise. But then it's like that thing. Uh, uh, did you see this thing about HMV? Yes. Oh, it sounds like we're some sort of topical news show here. <laughs> uh, HMV said that um, they want to cover up tattoos on employees. And they have yeah. a dress code in case it stops people buying things from HMV. Mm. You know what stops people buying things from HMV? The fact that their prices are much higher than you can get them online, and all of the staff are generally a little bit surly. You see, just to put my Evan Davis hat on here for a second. Hello, you Evan. Are, you are correct. Don't look at me like that. So it was just adjustment. <laughs> yeah, you see, that is the elephant in the room, though. It's it's online, and the idea that we're somehow going to ever go back to the heady days of this high street full of butchers and bakers and candlestick candle makers. Bakers. I mean, it's just it's a it's a lovely idea, and I know there's some leafy parts in you know certain areas of the country that do enjoy that little kind of uh, village strip of shops where there's, there's a little florist and there's a little bakers and uh, that's all lovely but broadly speaking it isn't going to happen it goes on like even in the shops that we do have nobody serves you anymore yeah. you don't even need a till in B&Q you do it yourself who would have thought you could buy a front door without ever having you walk in a shop you pick up a front door you scan it you walk out you never see anybody mm. From Darren the D-Man. Darren says, whatever happened to Manny Kendall? Uh, well, there are sort of certain legal yeah. uh, issues around Manny. Um, he was our editor at the beginning part of this podcast, and he wasn't really up to the job. And if you listen to the first 15 episodes, you'll see why. <laughs> From Jess, what's the latest on Kev's off-road 4x4 experience in the L200? He's gone very quiet. Well, he shat his pants. That's uh, what happened. In fairness, rugged terrain—it's—it's it's not things Thank that. You. Are, <laughs> hey, but these aren't expressions that I like to hear in everyday life, and it is—it's—it's it's a little bit. Uh, Do you want me to explain what's happening? I, I think you need to. We're doing it. Yeah. Early December. Yeah. We're actually me and Kev are off to a freezing cold field in Leicestershire, where Lance and Andy and the guys from Mitsubishi are going to put us through our paces in an off-road experience. And we've decided to do the entire podcast that week from the inside of the vehicle. Well, yeah. Well, in fairness, based on the journey, our journey up there, the inside of the vehicle, me screaming for 25 minutes, uh, and then the credit stream. I think that's probably the way it's going to go. It's going to work a treat. From Laurie, who says, here's a fact for you. <laughs> Dr. Alice Chase, who wrote Nutrition for Health... Died of malnutrition. <laughs> That's a winner. Like that. That's a winner. Like that.
It's got to be a little myth, isn't it? And finally, do you remember Trevor? We worked with Trevor McDonald, didn't we, years ago? Not with him, but same station. Oh, I thought you were on about the fellow with the wonky eyes from That's Life. No. Cyril Fletcher. Ed Fileyester. I was thinking more Trevor McDonald. It's interesting your mind went to Cyril. Jake says, oh, this looks like a lengthy one. Andre, give me some lengthy email music. Thanks very much, lads. I was out and about last Friday listening to the pod on headphones. You two tools made me laugh just as I was walking past the biggest brick house of a man I've ever seen. (laughs) He thought I was laughing at him and wanted to kill me. I only got out of it by buying the guy some beer and legging it. I figure you two assholes owe me at least a pint each and certainly a new pair of pants. That's almost an endorsement of this podcast. Can we sit that on the poster for the live show? I think we have to. Did you say live show? No, never mind. Move on. If you have any questions you'd like to throw uh, our way, kev at onceaword.com or ian at onceaword.com. We'll try and answer as many as we can. Simple as that. And that little holler means only one thing, of course. Random acts of irrational words. We did have an email saying that you don't really explain any longer what this is. I'll give an explanation in full in a second. And another email we had said uh, that most of the annoyances are not that irrational. No. I mean, they are meant to be microscopic in their insignificance, but these are the small moments in life that hurt your cranium. They are the tiny acts of human behaviour that send you into a zone of sheer frustration. There are those who will tell you to simply get over it. These people are fools. Do not listen to them. They know not what they are talking about. Minor as they may be, these things can effortlessly screw up your day. Many of them are irrational. We've had some beauties. Yeah. And there's many more today. Kev, start us off. I have two. Firstly, musicals. If you go to the theatre and see a musical, knowing it's going to be a musical, that's fine. I'm talking more about musical movies, where you have a, a, a perfectly normal uh, story going on, and then suddenly everyone bursts into song. It's not realistic. It's like that thing Glee. Glee presented you must itself. Love that. Oh, come on. Well, that's right up your street, Kev. It's bit of Glee. It's going bit nowhere. Of camp dancing. It's going nowhere near my come street. Come on, you got my the box set of fame. Well, well, fame was different, though. It was. Fame so a step so and some once upon a time. Oh, this is it. You talk about musicals, and I just can't get by... I know people love them, but I can't get past the sort of... the realism aspect of it. People don't burst into song in the streets or at the bakers or... Who was the first person that said, I've got a great idea for a new genre. We'll write it, and then every now and again we'll sing it. Evening, Dave. Evening, Pete. How are you today? <laughs> Oh, I'm very, very well. Very, very well. Very, very well. You couldn't say swell. <laughs> You've written that musical, haven't you? Oh, it's called How Are You, Dave? I think you probably just... Pre- premieres at the New London Theatre in March. I, I think you've just pretty much summed it up. Do you really think so? The other one is um, continuity announcements, particularly on satellite television where they're not live, they're pre-recorded. So as soon as the programme ends, mm. the continuity announcement comes crashing in. The second after, like The Walking Dead, yep. brilliant series, back on FX. It's finished, you've had this big cliffhanger, this little twist at the end, and then just as you're you're absorbing that, and The Walking Dead's back next week. Next, it's Ted Rogers with 321 yeah, or whatever. Give it at right. least 10 seconds. Exactly. And it, it's like, I know they're pre-recorded, and I know you're itching to get this out, but just, just leave it alone. Here's a couple. Before you get to that, since the last podcast, it was your birthday, wasn't it? Correct. Audrey, give me some It Was Ian's Birthday Last Week music, please. I got you a present. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, thank it's you. in this box. Okay, that's good. I thought you'd enjoy it. Oh, thank you. It's in official 
wants a word, the official wants a word yeah. packaging. That's good. That's quite nice. There you are. Happy birthday, old friend. Thank you very much. Old yeah. mate. What's in there? It's nothing dead, is it? Been a long time thinking about this. Oh, this is a stunner. <laughs> You've actually got me the whistling keyring. It's the whistling keyring. It's the whistling keyring. Shall I work it? I shall think we, you have to. Shall we see what happens? So this is the keyring. Uh, do you have to do anything? I don't think you do. Well, you said you'd never seen one before. We just pull that out. Yeah. Uh, so there's the keyring. Uh, my keys are attached to it. Can't find them. What do I do? Whistle. Whistle. What a crockish! <laughs> this is why people download this podcast. What do we do, Kev? Hey! How do you stop it? You can't stop it. Well, See? thank you, Kev. Oh, and it lights up. That's not bad, is it? It's all right, isn't it? Here's two for you. Great. Talking of a birthday, went out for a bite to eat on the birthday, and it was very, very nice. And that's not the story. <laughs> Just as well. It's about modern fame. It's about the grimness of superficial TV. So after we'd had a bite to eat, went and had a drink, looked out the window, and I saw the paparazzi. I thought, wow, it's a whole wow. crock. I mean, this was big. I thought, ah, you know what's going on here, don't you? What's Andre with you? <laughs> I thought, this is the Bond uh, premiere. It must be it's the after show. Oh. And because, you know, I've seen uh, the paps around. But this was huge. I mean, this was something else. This was sort of 12 deep of cameras and lights and flashing bulbs and men in trilbies and folks shouting and screaming and looking for the best shot, the best picture. And I thought, I'm not, I can't let this slide, doing what I do for a living. I'm going to get out and go and have a little look. And so I did, and I went past, and I thought, in any minute now, this is going to be one of those weird. I better get my camera ready for a Daniel Craig snap. This is going to be fantastic. And, of course, there was no Daniel Craig. There was no, no. Judy Dench. There was none of that. Nothing at all. Lazenby? Maybe, Maybe it could be that. I thought maybe it's the new Tom Cruise movie. Possibly Cruise is in town. None of that at all. It could be that new brilliant film that Colin Firth is in and called Gambit. Oh, yeah, it looks marvellous. It could be any of that. But it wasn't. The biggest press corps I've ever seen in the street was there because the X Factor contestants Ugh. were standing outside having been clubbing it for Halloween. What you say? Having been clubbed. Do you know what made it weird? Mm. What made the whole thing really, really strange? It's that as I walked back from my investigation, I walked past a bar, and sitting in the bar was Barbara Windsor, Paul O'Grady, David Mitchell, David Baddiel, and Ian Hislop. Really? All sitting in a bar over the road with the press corps taking photographs of some f***wits <laughs> who can't sing! <laughs> See, it's even sensitive to talking sh- <laughs> So there was that. And the other one I should add in as well, Kev, is uh, the, the issue of breaking down on a train. So coming here for this today, I uh, thought I would sample uh, TFL, that's Transport for London's Tasty Tube Network. Oh. And I went, I'm a regular user of the beast, and uh, I, and it broke down in the tunnel. And that does happen sometimes. It didn't actually break down. It was the There was a signal problem, so there's obviously a backlog of trains, and you've got to wait. And, of course, people are in the train. Uh, most people, after about five minutes, hadn't noticed it had broken down. Most people on the train hadn't really noticed that this had happened, and then the announcer uh, decided to make an announcement. What's the deal with people talking their heads off when the person is about to explain the predicament you're in? Yeah, no, I agree with Not this. Not once, three times. And there was a woman sitting opposite me. You've, she sounded like, I say what, she sounded like a cross between 
Tom Jones and Keris Matthews. Ooh. But looked like Tom Jones. Ooh. With tattoos. This was grim. And she was with a guy who looked a bit like a pipe cleaner. He was <laughs> some skinny thing, and there was this sort of leopard skin, legging-wearing monstrosity sitting next to him. They spoke as loud as you like, blissfully unaware. I don't think they'd even realise that a train had stopped for 20 minutes in a tunnel. So when you hear the person making an announcement on a train, they're there to help you. Yeah. They're explaining why your journey is about to be 20 minutes late. Just Sometimes. do the whole carriage a favour and shut the f*** up. Shall I put it outside? <laughs> Hang on. I'm just going to walk to the once-a-word allotment, Kev. <laughs> just a minute. Oh, you're back. I just saw Percy Thrower. <laughs> Here's one from Daniel Bullen, who says, uh, when you walk past a hand dryer in the gents and it suddenly starts off, it makes you jump out your skin. It's a yeah, very good point when that Very happens. true. I like that. Mark S says, people who walk down the escalator in tube stations then stop when they're near the bottom. Mm. I mean, you've walked this far. That does happen quite a bit. They usually to check their phone. You actually have to sometimes physically push them out of the way. Uh, Bree Salisbury says, people who wear hats while driving... People wear hats indoors, frankly. What's the deal with that? We, I, I'm all for hats making a comeback. I think it makes We're a gentleman look dapper. Look, you've got your little sort of wonderful retro look going on, <laughs> and a skew trilby would, would set the whole thing off beautifully. Put a trilby on this, Barnet. I'd have a head about five foot tall. What's your point? Matthew Crow says, in traffic... The people who leave massive gaps between them and the car in front, like about 100 metres. That's true. <laughs> I don't know what the reason for that is. It always happens at traffic lights. Have you ever noticed you're in two, there's two lanes yeah. and you pull up at a red and you look to your left because you're aware there's a line of traffic uh, on the other side of you and you look to your left and there's no car there. Mm. And you look over your shoulder and realise the car is sort of 50 feet up the road. Why isn't it pulled up to the line? Jordan says, people who sing songs that aren't even songs just walk around going... Yeah. People, constant whistlers as well. I'm going to use that one in my musical. Jordan says, they're horrendous. The whistlers, it does happen in the gym. It really does. Mm -hmm. I thought it was an age thing. I thought it's just old men that whistle. It isn't just old men no, that whistle. Not. Anybody, I don't know where it comes from. People who wouldn't dare whistle or think of whistling any other time of their life in the gym once they're giving the old cods a rub with that towel... <laughs> I wish the key ring was back. <laughs> it would have gone off like a nutter. Uh, Michael Burke Jr. says, People not listening to you when you say you don't want anything for your birthday, then buy you something for your birthday. You're welcome, by the way. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's a bit like when you go to somebody's house and they say, Do you want something to eat? And you go, No. And they go, Go on, have something to eat. No, I don't want anything to eat. Yeah, you do. Go on, have something to eat. No, I don't want anything to eat. Go on, have something to eat. No, thanks. Go on! Talking of sausages, Al Murray's here in a little bit. Oh, Murray, how did that happen? Richard Howard says, people with children in buggies who think they own the world and everybody should move for them on buses. To be fair, that can't be the easiest manoeuvre, mooching around with a pushchair. Well, it isn't. They should have engines on them. But they should. Simon Russell says, I love this one, English football commentators who pronounce Cazola as Cazola. Uh, You're English, stop it! That does happen. I know nothing about football. When they they use the Spanish with the th rather than the uh, just the way you'd normally pronounce it. You see, this concerns me a little bit because I had the whole thing about the four by four driving, and I'm going on that. If I don't know anything about football, you're going to make me play for Chelsea or something. That is on the list, actually. Trials at Stamford Bridge. Right. That's one of the dares for Christmas. It is true. Uh, the th pronunciation, like Fiveta instead of Cerveza. 
Firstly, A, you're not Freddie Parrotface David, so shut up. Mm. But secondly, that's only a, a, a regional accent. Of, of, of It's not like every Spaniard says that. Well, the myth... Yeah, regional accent. The myth is that it was the King of Spain who had a lisp, so all of the locals had to speak with a, a th, so that the King didn't feel like he was left out. But apparently that's bomb. <laughs> but if you go to where they speak Spanish most, South and Central America, Brazil excluded, obviously, then they don't bother with that th. No. They couldn't give a fit. Hey! Does that work? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't work. Mickey says, E. This is a long one, actually. Andre! I know, sorry. God damn it. A Funk! Give me some long one music. Again? E. My first encounter with this brazen hoodwinkery occurred at around about the time of the new millennium. I was watching the news when a story cropped up that left me thinking, where the f*** is that? (laughs) The news item concerned a place called Mumbai, which I'd never heard of. I soon forgot about this quirky-sounding place until another event surrounding a place called Chennai some days later. After several more instances, the pieces of the puzzle started to come together. India has decided to refer to its cities as something totally different without warning or explanation. Bombay, Delhi, Madras, etc. no longer exist. We now say Mumbai, Chennai, etc, etc, etc. Now, the thing that pisses me off is the total expectance of everybody, from newsreaders to the man on the street who used those place names like nobody's business without a hint of embarrassment or shame. Well, I'm sorry, but Chicken Madras tastes a lot better than Chicken Chennai. So stick it, says Mick in Durham. That's a beauty. I think Sm- it's scary. Smiley Jim says tractors who won't pull over. Gigs who won't send tickets out and expect you to print them. Anthony says the animal charity adverts on Sky News. Sky News is depressing enough without seeing a bear in a cage. Fair Save th- the snow leopard. There's only four left. Four? That's what they say, isn't it? And they're all male. Daniel says... Random act of rational lines. Cyclists on dual carriageways. No! Everybody has to get over into the second lane so you can ponce around in your Lycra. It's a good point, actually. I once got a, a speed... Well, I got a speeding ticket, but it occurred as I accelerated to overtake and avoid a cyclist on a dual carriageway because it had gone from motorway to dual carriageway. Once it goes to dual carriageway, a cyclist can join it. Right. And the copper that pulled me over said I could... He said, I think I could do you for dangerous driving because you nearly hit the cyclist. I said, what's he doing here? He said he's allowed to be here. I don't. I've, I don't think I've seen this very often. Cyclists on the dual carriage, right? It can happen, just wow. on, not on motorways. That'd be a nutter to do it. Yeah. Uh, Ross says when BBC Breakfast presenters introduce themselves in the third person, saying "Welcome to BBC Breakfast" with Bill Turnbull and Sean, somebody, somebody, rather than saying "With me and Sean." Yes, they do. Yeah. What is it with the BBC? If you've got any random acts of irrational annoyance, uh, very simply just send them through. Ian at onceaword.com, Kev at onceaword.com. Al Murray is on his way. Lots to talk about with the pub landlord, everybody. Looking forward to that. Hooray! With an improved 175 BHP 2.5 litre diesel engine, the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan delivers 30% more power. 400 newton metres of torque also delivers 27% more punch. For more punch, more power and more pickup, contact your local Mitsubishi dealer for more info. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. Gosh! And it's back, everybody. It's had one week's rest and man alive, it was worth missing an entire podcast just for that purpose. Mm -hmm. It's Sideshow Kev's cap flappery of showbiz shocking shenanigans. 
nonsense. Yes, yeah, so much it. so. On your birthday, you texted me saying, you know what the saddest thing about not doing the podcast this week, other than the back injury, yeah. is the fact I won't get to enjoy the shoebox. Old mate. That's what you said. Chum, I've got chum. it here on my phone. So what have you got for us this week, Kev? It's like your Kev's showbiz shoebox. Are we? If we look at the box of showbiz fluff, we find stuffed under the bed, along with a bunch of comet gift vouchers. Now, celebrities throughout history have been at it as far back as the days of Shakespeare. Shakespeare, you know, a bit of a celebrity yeah. in his own way. He was in- a swordsman. And he liked a sausage. Very tenuous link into showbiz and shoebox this week. But it turns out that in 1811, the kids had words for the old rumpy pumpy or... So with that in mind, it's time to play the Tenuous Tit Tease Triathlon. Audrey, give me some Tenuous Tit Tease Triathlon music, please, you tit teasing triathletes. Thou thing of no bowels. Very simple, Ian Collins. Yeah. What you're going to hear this week, okay. two of the three are synonyms for sex from the 19th century from the 1811 Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue. This was a book that was written so posh people could understand the pearls and what they were saying. Is that right? Two are real, one's made up. Just find the made-up 1811 saucy term. Okay. Number one, spot the sexy sex synonym. A, doing basket making. B, having bread and butter. Or C, flouncing the gibbon. I think C is not real. Flouncing the gibbon? Got a feeling. It's the correct answer. Thank you. You almost wish it was, though. Love it. Number two, sexy sex, sexy sex, sex. A, making a lobster kettle. B, punching the plucked ostrich. Or C, face making. Uh, it's got to be B, isn't it? The ostrich plucking. Punching the plucked ostrich? I think so. It's a correct answer. Good work. Do you know why it was uh, face-making, though? Apart from the obvious? <laughs> no. Well, apart from the obvious, because when, yeah. you know, in, in the act of coitus, yes. you might make coitus. a face. Yes. But, coitus. Uh, but it's because you're making faces, because babies have faces. Ah, so you're actually making faces. Yes, literally making right. faces. Okay. And arms and legs. Nice. Number three, spot the fake sexy sex synonym. A, firkin with the merkin. B, playing the blanket hornpipe, or C, blowing the ground soles. I'm saying B. Playing the blanket hornpipe? Yes. It's the incorrect answer. The fake one is firkin with the merkin. Is that right? Yeah. The second one just didn't sound. Where is that young scallywag? We'll be blowing the hornpipe up the blanket, whatever it was. (laughs) Nearly. Number four. A, taking a flyer. B, waxing the jousting lance, or C, giving a green gown? It's got to be B. It's the correct answer. The yep. green gown one, by the way, is if you're you're at it in the bushes or is on some right? grass, and the young lady might have some stains on her bum. See, waxing the jousting lance sounds a bit kind of more um, of a solo reference rather than a coital one. Well, this is true. I, I didn't say it had to be, you know... It could well like tickling Yoda behind the ears, which is my personal favourite. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Stop it, (laughs) Andre! Stop it! Stop it! Number five, uh, spot the fake sexy sex synonym. Is it A playing at St George, B enjoying melting moments, or C lacing the velvet slipper? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be C. 
is the correct answer. Uh, a has something to do with dragons, and B has something to do with, I don't know, some sort of chocolate, I'm guessing. Yeah. That's the Showbiz Shoebox for this week. If you would like to win a Showbiz Shoebox of your very own, for crying out loud, follow me on Twitter, at Sideshow underscore Kev. Details follow very soon, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to win a bit of tat for your house that people will ask you about for... Well, at least till you bin it. We're only moments away. Uh, from Al Murray, the pub landlord, uh, is in for a chat about uh, well, all manner of things, including sausages. First, this. Voicemail roulette. Please leave a message. Oh, blimey, kids. Can it get any worse? 07789 That's a 24-hour-a-day thing. Uh, we sort of urge you to use it when you come out of the pub because we thought, we thought wrongly, stupidly, like fools, that maybe... The drunkenness would manifest some uh, level of creativity uh, rather than abject buffoonery. And uh, fact, it just did the latter yeah, every stage w- of the way. When it works, of course, because yep. it, it turns out that it doesn't always work because it's a bit of an old bit of kit. We did it, also ask, kit. you don't have to just call our voicemail, which is 07789183262, which is where you leave a moan, a rant, uh, an observation, uh, some kind of gag-based offering. All of the above is always good for us. But it, you can, in fact, uh, leave some of the messages in a more uh, contemporary manner, like via voice notes on your phone or whatever your Android equivalent is. It's fast becoming our preferred way to receive messages, right? Because Andre gets to go through them and he loves it. Don't you, mate? Uh, Paul in Thursk, who's been sending us some nice stuff. Nursery rhyme, obs- I think works in education. And so he's been sending us sort of observations of uh, nursery rhyme or parable or kids' story type stuff. I think we've got one from him, haven't we, Kev? I'm throwing your newly acquired whistling key ring at it now! Hi, Ian. It's Paul here from Thirst. As well as doing nursery rhymes in the children's centre, we also tell children's stories and read books to them. And one of the books that we read is Going on a Bear Hunt by Michael Rosen. A brilliant book about a family that take the children on a bear hunt. That's right, they take the children on a bear hunt. They go through long wavy grass, they go through a deep dark river, they go through mud, they go through a forest, they go through a snowstorm, and then they go into a cave. Now, at no point did they mention doing a risk assessment. They don't even bother giving the children life preservers. They don't even have a torch to go into the cave, for Christ's sake. What kind of parents are these? And you'd think they'd at least take a high-powered rifle in case this bear got a little bit dangerous. But no, they don't. They just run back to the house. It's a bit worrying, these messages that we give to our kids, aren't they? Thanks a lot. Enjoying the podcast. That's very good. No, no. Correct on the risk assessment. But then again, we also teach kids about how a fox goes in a cave, eats up chickens and stuff. <laughs> Chicken, is that still going then? It's on about season 28, I think. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Uh, let's do another, Kev. Hello, podcastings. I got a new song for you. It's from my new album called Get Me on the Goddamn Podcast. There's Ian Collins, and he's a big knob. He does his podcast Cause he can't get himself a proper job Inside show Kev He's the same He's not really Scottish And all the show biz stuff is really lame near the podcast The podcast stinks The podcast The podcast stinks And then there's Andre uh, Andre? I mean, who the hell is called Andre? Oh, yeah, for more quality music like that, just Google Bourbon Street Revival. You'll, uh, <laughs> you'll love uh, what you get there. Uh, here's a great example of just tosh that comes through. 
and we ask people to send us messages. Remember, we do send out the... The brief is wide. We make no apology for that. It could be anything. And I think this is possibly a uh, good example of uh, such a tosh. There's a word in every language, a word that you should know. A word that means you're friendly, a word used high and low. Though the way to say it varies most everywhere you go. Its meaning never changes, and that word is hello. Well, it's very brief, but to the point, isn't it? Yeah. It wasn't very good, though, was That's it? That's make you wonder why you bother. Oh, double seven eight nine eighteen thirty two sixty. We do give 50 quid, by the way. 50 pounds! 50 pounds, a genuine giveaway. We have done so already. We will do so again to any we consider to be well above uh, average. We've had some great ones from Paul and, uh, and from Adam. That's the kind of standard uh, that we want to retain if we can. I, I will say this, though. When we come back in the new season and we sit down, we have our post-show, yeah. our post-pod meeting, and we say... We're keeping this feature, this feature, this feature, and this feature. Which one do you think is most on the chopping block? Well, <laughs> clearly after what we've just heard, shoebox. Ah. Oh. Ian Collins wants a word. Yeah, the little lad here, the little scrub here. Hey. <laughs> the little Julia, what's your name, sir? Mike, how old are you, Mike? 16. Now, here you go, you see. We are living right now in broken f***ing Britain, aren't we? This little turd here is so out of touch. He doesn't even know how to lie to a publican about his f***ing age. It's obvious as a f***ing god, not only that, it's obvious that he's British. What? That's why we don't have earthquakes in this country. You don't sh- your own doorstep, do you? Now, the point is, you better take this advice in your heart and you'll be able to stand proud. Stand tall if you understand this. A simple advice, it is this. Just that life, 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 fellas, is a series of endless, relentless, Grinding disappointments. <laughs> Our special guest is Al Murray, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, look, everybody, who's coming to see us. It's the pub landlord, Al Murray, is here. How Cheers. Are you all right? How are you? I'm very well. I'll tell you why I'm well, because this year I am, in honour of British Sausage Week, I'm king of the sizzle. I'm the prince of pork. I'm the, I'm the baron of bangers. I'm the chipolata in chief. Can you believe it? Do you know what we've got? Because when we told our listeners, we, we said, well, you know, the pub landlord's coming on. Yeah. Uh, we need sausage data. Yeah. And they, they never disappoint our lot. They, they Are you were, a sausage data? They were. strike me as a sausage data. <laughs> they were straight out the trap with facts right. and general sort of sausage based japery. Wonderful. Excellent. Which was rather nice. Although we did get quite a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you think we should do about the EU budget increase? Right. Well, yeah. Well, you know, as long as it's spent on sausages, I'm not really fussed. I, I had a feeling you might uh, yeah. you might yeah. come from that direction. Uh, Nick in Brighton says, "Did Al yeah. know that the word sausage derives from the Latin salsicium, meaning really? something that has been salted?" Really? Yeah. Wow, that's an incredible thing to know. And the next time I eat a sausage, I'll wear a toga in honour of that fact. <laughs> what a donut. I know. It's uh, apparently Latin-based. Okay, but I'm well, not so sure. Yeah. Uh, Simon says, a sausage and a bacon rasher are in a frying pan. Yeah. Sausage says, bloody hot in here, isn't it? Yeah. Rasher says, bloody hell, a talking sausage. What are we giving that out of ten? Well, that's a variation on the old uh, horse walks in. Horse bar, well, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll give that out of ten. What we'll do is we'll first of all reduce the ten to a five. Yes. Right, and I'll give you one. <laughs> So that's One. a two out of ten. Two out of ten. Yeah, but I don't want to... Making it sound like there's ten to win on that joke is really overdoing it. Yeah, that was a bit... That was, that was yeah. really stretching yeah. it a yeah, little it was a bit, bit wasn't thin, it? yeah. So tell us a bit about Sausage Week. Because, I mean, I know you, you know, you're partial. We, we yeah. all are. Oh, I love sausage. 
Nothing wrong with that, Nothing is Nothing wrong with getting your hands on a decent sausage. Correct. Uh, getting it nice and hot, tender, and then yeah. eating it. No, I mean, I, I love sausage, obviously. And I am, I, uh, well, when, when British Sausage Week came to me and said, do you want to be king of the sizzle? Do you want to promote the British sausage up and down these fair lands of ours? I yeah. jumped at the chance. Because, you know what? Uh, British pork is under pressure currently. I don't know if you know this. Uh, president Obama, who's up for re-election, forgot to make it rain in America this year. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're president of the United States and you don't take care of it raining. So as a result, pork feed, price of pork feed's gone up. British pork farmers find it very hard to make ends meet. So we need to rally round and do our bit for British pork. So there's, ge- there's genuinely, oh. I mean, with, with your serious oh, landlord yeah. hat on, there's, oh, yeah. there's genuine Definitely. sausage issues. There's a ge- there, there are genuine sausage issues. Yeah. What is... Uh, the king of the sausage. Because you see, when we put that out on Twitter, mm. we just got loads of people like writing. You know, my auntie Pam makes yeah. really nice sausages. I bet she does. And uh, I'm sure she does. I don't doubt uh, it for a minute. But I mean, if I if I were to say Richmond, does that make? Uh, am I? A yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, no, no. That's fair enough. I mean, the, the truth is, our statistics. We've done some statistics. We've done some numbers on this, right? And the interesting thing is, the plain pork sausage is the absolute number one sausage. Yeah. Car- followed secondly by Cumberland. Yeah, I mean, but that's the beautiful thing about sausages: yeah. many varieties, shapes, and sizes, flavourings, different colours. They're not just Latin salted food; they're of any different types. Well, it's funny because Jennifer says, uh, "Never mind the jokes, Al. Does anyone know where to buy a real, down-to-earth, ordinary sausage made with beef?" Well, <sighs> Jennifer, <sighs> you look. I'm not here to stop anyone doing whatever they like, apart from the people who want to eat beef sausages, but. Um, what you need to do is eat a proper pork sausage. You'll never think of a beef sausage ever again, love. You sort yourself out. Have sort a word with yourself. Steve says, uh, my butcher has fallen on hard times too and fills part of his sausages with breadcrumbs. Yeah. He's having difficulty making both ends meet. Oh! That's all right, wasn't it? That's all right. That's, that's, all right. that's better than the talking, talking sausage <laughs> bacon uh, shtick. That's not bad. Although, of course, uh, you know, as we all know, sausages traditionally have all different types of flavours. So that, yeah, yeah. that, that, that humorous quip comes from a serious place, in fact, the recipe of the sausage and all Br- that. Brown sauce, red sauce. Um, I myself personally am a red sauce man, but that's because, by inclination, I regard myself as a cavalier, right? And cavaliers <laughs> like flamboyant red sauce, whereas your Puritan likes a, a brown sauce. Do, do the French have a, a love affair with the sausage? Do we? Yeah, no, no, well, you go look, you go to France, right? And it's that dried stuff, it's that dried meat. They haven't got bangers like us. No. They haven't got tasty chipolatas. They haven't got, you know, they, you won't. I mean, a Frenchman, right? All he's got to look forward to is like yep. a, is like a ring of onions to wear. We could wear like whole strings of Cumberland sausages. You've got that great twelve foot long rolled up Cumberland sausage that you could take with you to France, unravel like a baton, and whip a Frenchman with it. That's what we're inclined to do. <laughs> This is great. Mel in Luton says, uh, can you pass on my sausage fact to the pub landlord, please? I'm oh, okay, always Mel. happy to impart this Shoot. kind of info. Apparently, legendary highwayman Dick Turpin was yeah. known to moonlight as a butcher, making sausages from the finest meats that he hunted in Epping Forest. That is, that's fantastic. That's up there, isn't it? I like that. I like that. Fantastic. Turpin's bangers. Yeah. Fantastic. Your money or your sausages. <laughs> That's, That's what very, it was very good. He was <laughs> grossly misinterpreted. Yeah, well, I think, after he, cash. I think it's time to reinterpret. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's time to re- re- bring Dick Turpin back into the fold. And Mike says, uh, Mike Lewis in Manchester, what does yep. Al think of the frankly ludicrous suggestion that sausages were, in fact, bought to Britain by Romans well, sometime before 400 AD? Look, look someone, Revisionism. someone out there is obsessed with the Romans. They've left. Forget it. They're gone. <laughs> They're long gone. And next you would tell us the Romans invented bathing. Now, I do not believe that for one second. 
Access because no <laughs> truth. Make any, they whatsoever. came here, discovered bathing, took yeah. it back with them. Absolutely and the sausage. Right. Have you ever tried a white sausage? Yeah, I have actually. A German Weisswurst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bavarian Weisswurst. It's uh, very nice actually. Um, it's veal. It's delicious. That's it. Uh, that's is that what it is. Yeah, so there is a so beef I will, component. Well, I think it's got some pork in it. Yeah, as well. yeah, it's, yeah. Like a, it's like a peppery veal thing. It's fantastic. That is. That's a yummy. That is yummy. That's yummy. And uh, as a result of us having won World War Two. By rights, um, all German sausages belong to us. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, yeah. that's in the Treaty of Lisbon. I think, I think it was somewhere there, buried in, in there somewhere. The Potsdam, Potsdam Conference, Paragraph 7. Yeah. A- absolutely right. I mean, as a landlord, I mean, you've obviously, mm. you know, you've knocked out a sausage or two to a punter yeah. here and there. Yeah. I mean, are they still as popular as, as ever? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you look at the, I mean, the thing with these sausages, he's versatile, isn't it? He's a versatile chap. It could turn up in a sandwich quite happily. It could turn up in your toe in the hole, bangers and mash. Um, uh, we do a we do a sausage ploughman's in my gaff, which is basically yeah. it's the sausage instead of the cheese. <laughs> it's, a, it's a self-assembly sandwich. You got to put it together yourself. Right. Your chef could turn those out like thirty seconds quicker than the actual sausage sandwich. So it's so essentially a sausage sandwich. It's a sausage sandwich, but open. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. you know, do it yourself. You know, in the spirit of do it yourself. Uh, and uh, uh, a cold sausage in a lunchbox is not. I think that's the beautiful thing about the sausage. Cold the yeah. following morning, that sausage you sneak that one sausage down before the missus gets down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, should you? It's a sausage every day, once a week, twice a week. I mean, how, how do you limit your sausage quota? Well, I don't think you should limit it. I think is it. I mean, the simple fact is, people eat more sausages than anything else in this country because yeah, yeah. it's an all rounder, and we all have an all round. It's the Freddie Flintoff of food. <laughs> That's right, absolutely. Are you touring around, by the way? Is I the am pub, on. Tour is the pub currently. landlord on tour? I'm on tour. I'm all over the country. Um, even as we speak, I'm tour- I'm touring right now. I mean, yes. I am currently on tour. Yeah. All over the country, going Can everywhere. we speak to you like mid-tour? I am mid-tour. Um, well, I'm 21 gigs into okay. this current stretch of 52. Yep. And then uh, this is a London date, the 18th of October coming up, uh, November yep. this month. Uh, and then there's a whole load next year as well. Another 50 or something. Another 50? Yeah. Well, Just you know, I want to buy sausages. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, to, to, to live in a, yeah. a sausage house. Yeah, and I want to live in a sausage house with driving a sausage car that runs on pork fat and uh, wear a suit fashioned entirely from sausages. You see, that's got to be the, 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 there's got to be some future in that, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think a sausage-based reality. We've underestimated. Yeah, why not? The uses of the sausage. Absolutely, yeah. So, so, so how are you celebrating Sausage Week then? The uh, fact there's a whole week dedicated to I, it. Well, going up and down the country, uh, judging, tasting sausages. Also, yep. we have this Bangers and Clangers campaign where if you go in, if you it's a joke competition basically. Yep. If you go to a butcher shop and you say, right, I hereby take the Bangers and Clangers challenge and you tell them a joke they think funny they will give you sausages seriously yes so would John Hoolan get one for saying what kind of sausages do vampires like best fangfurters it's gone back down hasn't it I'm afraid um, well try on a butcher mate I mean maybe the butcher's had a bad day and really likes a groaner uh, but uh, fangfurters not good Halloween's for kids anyway grow up uh, can I just say it's been a pleasure to have uh, the pub landlord Al Murray it's always uh, an honor. on the programme with us it's an honour it's an honour and a privilege and uh, spreading the good message of sausage but sadly, sans sausage. Sans sausage, yeah. We don't have any... I don't have any on me. Um, uh, basically, what happens is I get to the end of the week and then the, a truck comes round and fills the lounge. <laughs> Through the chimney. Yeah. <laughs> Pub landlord Al Murray, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Credit stream.
And that, as they say, is your lot. The end of episode 36. I should tell you that no animals were harmed during the making of this podcast. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do and want to help support this podcast, make sure you leave us a nice five-star review. Android users can try us on the free Stitcher app or download at stitcher.com slash once a word. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. The show's technical operator is on Andre Porch, programme edited by Cass Khan. Our researcher was Ron Jeremy. And today's chunky fact comes courtesy of Phil Devlish in Aberdeen, who tells me that over the last 50 years in the United States, approximately 9,000 people have died as a result of tornadoes, 5,000 as a result of floods, 4,000 as a result of hurricanes, and 100 due to oral sex-based accidents. Oh, and as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. And join us next week for a podcast that's already being billed as so extreme it makes the explicit tag on iTunes blush. See you then. Goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the new Mitsubishi L200 Trojan. More pulling power than your designer boxer shorts. Good morning. So there were one or two complaints about the podcast that we didn't uh, and I think the our sheer length and, and girth <laughs> this week has, has made up for that, hasn't it? You said James. I wish. Uh, it has, yes. We, we, we ran over. I mean, frankly, didn't we? We, we ran over. We didn't intend to run over. So we only got better things to do. I'm well, sitting here shooting the breeze with you. Oh, thanks, mate. There's a pub around the corner. Oh, I know. Fancy one? Yeah. Right. I'm off there now. Yeah. Great. No, not you. Ha <laughs>